Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Will Leverson, and this is the Union Addressed. Uh, this week's show is going to be on a newer observance of the standard model. What we understand the standard model to be in a scientific sense is a standard model is our best attempt outside of faith uh, it's outside of the faith observance to describe the interactions in our physical and natural world. And those interactions being between the weak and strong nuclear forces, the electromagnetic spectrum, and also gravity. The four fundamental forces that we can observe and see that exert any influence on our lives from the heat and light that we get from the sun to the atomic construction of everything that we can physically see. And in the theories and in the fulfilling and finding of, of hypotheses and such in the standard model, we have come up with fantastical um, instruments and tools, even in our everyday lives and understanding of the electromagnetic spectrum and radiation and heat are what have led to inventions such as our microwaves and radio technology and, 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 and atomic weapons and nuclear energy, nuclear medicine, genetics. All these things have come from our pursuits to explain our natural world. But that, in that observance of a great deal of what it is that we see and know is not nearly sufficient enough to affect us in our everyday lives. What can you and I truly care of a strong and weak nuclear force when our livelihoods are interrupted by war, famine, and things that are caused by our human selves. That is why we are taking a look today at a new observance of, a of the standard model, our societal standard model, where in place of strong and weak nuclear forces and electromagnetism and gravity, we have populace, governance, uh, we have industry, and then we have our emotional spectrum. All of those things are what make our everyday experiences to even conceptualize of a hot sun or of a cold day. We are once reminded that we are just not observing these things and feeling these things. We feel tired when it is overcast. We feel energized when the sun is shining. And that is the same interaction that we have when we look at what in our observable experience, when it comes down to those four parts of our moral and human standard model, the interactions between populace and governance, the our strong and weak nuclear forces that hold our world together. We cannot have one without the other. 
You cannot have a governance without a populace. And you, we have not been able to, at this point, in a civilized human being, been able to exist without forming into a governance. This is the primary when, if you observe our natural history, our terrestrial history, you will note that when we were once aggregarian and we had not yet settled and, 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 and we were just herders and, and, and not assembled in great cities yet, that our understanding and standards of life um, were completely different. When we began to husband animals, and that is to domesticate animals, we were at once changed. Us in our relation to our physical world at that point could no longer be the same nomadic hunter-gatherers that we were before we formed into civilized conclaves of multiple human people. And just like our observable universe in the primordial void that we are taught in the scientific observance that existed and then something actuated um, things into creation. And so we get those interactions from an atomic level that without those interactions, we would not have a tangible physical universe. And that is the same in our human experiences that without one and the other, we don't exist in the same way that is a functional human being, a human creature. And in these times that we're seeing, because this isn't the first time that we've had viruses or that we've had outbreaks or that we've had governments that uh, may or may not be functional uh, for the populace. This isn't something that is new to us, nor is the sun shining or the ground beneath our feet a new observation. These We did not just suddenly come into the knowledge of any of the things that we are currently facing. Now, that is not to say that in our observance of our standard model, that our fundamental forces are arbitrary to themselves. No, they all, they, they all, they all exist. There is no way that a Higgs boson can exist, the glue that holds our universe together, if there isn't a universe to do that. And there isn't a functional world that we live in that the one of the two primordial building blocks of how we even do this thing called living with one another. We could not exist one without the other. Even in our faith, in many of our faiths, there was a state where we should have lived in what should have been either a paradise or without direction of human intervention. That we were in a state where our faith and our observance of our world was to was to remain um, in perfect harmony with uh, with our spiritual understanding, with that that uh, that we had come into knowledge of in any in in in, in any uh, in any observance that we human on that we human people on this earth, uh, we all 
have the same experiences. Although it may not be Christ crucified and it may not be the absolute explanation of a living God, but all of us, every last one of us human thinking beings have some understanding that we are not completely clean slates, that in our human understanding, there are things that just come with us, understandings, we have called it common sense, we have called it using your brain, we have called it all these things, we have called it regime norms, we've called it all these things, we called it morality, knowing right from wrong. That is because we are not just simply a physical being the same way that our observable universe does not fit comfortably into any sort of theoretical uh, notion. That is, the best guess that we have is a standard model of four fundamental forces that we can see in some spaces measure and with the exception of gravity, gravity can't be measured. Uh, not you can measure a exertion of a gravitational pull on an object because of mass and things. But by and large, you cannot measure gravity the same way that you can measure the atomic structure or atomic makeup of an element. There are components to our human understanding that are not quantifiable. We cannot put our finger on that thing. We just live in it. And when understanding this human standard model of our interactions in our very tangible physical life on this earth, oftentimes we operate as though if the information that we have that is inside of us already, that we can tangibly know or to see, many times it is though if and I know that some of us have heard our grandparents or our parents or anyone that may have cared or had any, any guardianship over you will tell you that you're acting like sometimes like you don't know how to use your mind. And even in our present viral conflagration, this present viral outbreak, this viral fire, we are met in our human understanding, we are looking to our standard model to have an understanding of what is going on in front of us. And at once we understand that not everything, just the same way in our observable universe standard model, not everything in our human lives can fit inside of an understanding that you can just quantify and say, this is what this is. That is where we are presented with the conspiracy theories or some outlandish claims because that is a human entity, a human fundamental force that is seeking to understand what is going on before it using the material that is readily given. And a lot for a lot of us who don't observe from a faith or from a a religious understanding, a, a kind of a completely, a complete understanding. We have an understanding of the very physical nature of things. We understand that we live in a natural world. We understand that there are powers that are. And our interaction with those is sometimes limited 
to what we can readily affect on that. And so when we go asking of a government, we're not asking that we have an understanding that this government just has a part to play in this, that it is not the entire answer or that we can even find that answer in a government is what you leads to the sort of, of unrest and uneasiness that we all hear when we listen to our family members talk about any situation, whether it is this present time or anything that has ever happened, whether it is a natural disaster, an earthquake, a tsunami, a massive loss of life in a uh, unnatural uh, way, whether it be through an attack or, or some other unfortunate loss of life. We are always trying to rectify these things and we look to our immediate um, forces to answer that and to make that world real for us. We would like so desperately to file COVID away as something that was created because there, there are these forces that are seeking to, to hurt you or to otherwise take things from you. That is always in the back of our heads. And we're, it's like we're not asking ourselves, why, are, why do we have such enmity when it comes down to our understanding? Why, why is it so difficult for us? And I hate to use a, a fallacy to drive home a point, right? That's not how you win an argument, but certainly on the show. Uh, we are not arguing any certain point. We are presenting information to our listeners uh, so that they may take it and, and do what they will with it. And we always hope on the show, and this is something that we will, we will uh, always um, instill in our listenership, and that um, always trust but verify. And... We just want to make sure that we present our our show uh, to people that it may find them well where they are. This is not a dogmatic approach to one observance of faith as much as it is an observance of our total human experience in the commentary and in the context of major life events. Because those events, just like when a star is born, literally a star is born, the entirety of the immediate universe around that or the immediate space around this newly formed physical body is affected. There is nothing that can remain the same. There are things that are caught up and created uh, in what may seem like chaos. But even in this physical observable world that we attempt to tangibly quantify and attempt to tangibly explain and to put into an understanding the same way that as a functional piece of your human heart where your eyes truly are the windows to our soul. That is why in, in, in our faith we're told that it is better to pluck out an eye to enter into hell um, because that really is where we take in our information. As a matter of fact, information is even broken down and from, from the source of light bouncing off of an object to become light waves to being transcribed into our retinas and, and cornea into information that our brain can then take and 
factor out that the image that we're looking at is a flower or a person. That is the operation that takes place with light bouncing off an object, returning into your brain as information. That is the same way in our physical world. Things happen. We cannot remain the same. There, in our, in our recent observance, in a time that we in Christianity know as Passover, at the tail end of that, or shortly after that, the Islamic faith celebrates Ramadan. But the initial incident, I should say, of the Passover was an instance where fundamentally the world was changing. We know from not only our salvation history, we know from our natural history that the Middle East is an area that is often called from the Indus River Valley to Egypt, which is called the Cradle of Civilization, on up to Turkey, where um, a, on a mountain called Ararat, that we are taught from a spiritual sense that we were able to survive a major natural disaster and that the, the vessel for that rested on a mountain known as Ararat in a region known as Anatolia in Turkey. This is important in our, in our observance of anything that we'll talk about on the show because there is, it's not the, the, the word of the living God does not need us to confirm it. It confirms itself. We're just left with the information that we can readily and observably see and feel and otherwise tangibly know. So in that observance that we were just speaking of, in this cradle of civilization, we have the Indus River Valley, which is in India, the Ganges and, 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 and Brahmaputra uh, rivers, respectively. And then we get into um, the Middle East, into the Euphrates and Tigris rivers, and then we get to the Nile River. Um, there, But when we get up to Turkey, and the reason why this is so important is that um, there is something that is called in our natural observance a agricultural package. And this agricultural package consists of most of the edible plants, and, and we only have a couple edible trees, bananas aren't fruit there, well bananas are berries, but the only two, the only trees that we can eat from uh, are apple trees, peach trees, and of course, pecans and walnuts. Outside of that, everything is pretty much just a replication from an apple to a pear. They are from the same agricultural package that we know from a very um, natural observance that that package is not too far, whether we're talking about sorghum, Sorghum, I'm sorry, alfalfa, the, when we talk about these diets and things, how people want to get back to how dieting was done a long time ago, they're not going off of just some sensationalism. We do not have a robust number of things that are even edible. We have pretty much just taken less than two handfuls. I believe it's something like 18 or so. Um, arrangements, and I don't mean to, to make a pun, but edible arrangements between different plant species 
uh, are how we get our edible variety, but our edible variety of plants are not even a great significant portion of all plant life on the planet Earth. And this is important because of where we are taught that we are that we all come from. We come from spiritually from a place where we were with our creator and then spoken into a living soul from that creator onto a terrestrial world that had already been formed. This is our observance. We cannot say that we don't have this observance in our tangible physical reality that we seek to explain away because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. We're taught in the beginning this big bang that something, everything was formed out of nothingness. And this is a thing that we can only quantify recently. For those of us, our listeners on the show, there are certain terms that have been used over the years, whether they be in a supernatural sense or what have you. But it is quite interesting that two two words that we use to describe physical or tangible things that we see are taken from our faith. When the earth was divided between the firmament, firmament and the land there, we have a covering called shale. That is shale, when we get into a natural observance, is one of the coverings of the crust of the earth. We did not get to shale, uh, S-H-A-L-E, without having an understanding of shale, S-H-E-O-U-L. I hope I spelled that right. I apologize if I butchered it. But that is something that had been with us before we could even observe what a crust, a lava, a mantle, a core. Before we knew what those were, we had an understanding that our world was divided into into a firmament, into the heavens, into shale, and then we get to our earth. There's another term that in science they had carried around until early in our 20th century. That is the concept of the ether or ether. That is what we called our space around our planet. Even when we had telescopes, even when we had Marie Curie and curium and radiation, even when we were beginning to form vaccines and we had been an industrialized society, we still had an understanding of ether or ether as a covering around our planet. That is to say that we have gained our knowledge, our Ability in this in, in, in our standard model of how we observe and otherwise interact with our um, world, our fundamental forces are us, our government, our constructs, our beliefs. That 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 is our power here. And when we have these natural occurrences that shake some of that fundamental understanding, that is where. You, we, we, we so desperately need to make sure that the entirety of our understanding is serviced and that we don't relegate things just to dogmatic principles. I had a college professor of mine 
Professor uh, McNair. And he made a, like one of the, the, I always talk about on the show that, that, uh, that I was once an amateur comic, but there's been so much that I've been able to hear and gather that made that pursuit even, even easy. But um, there was a professor, Professor McNair, he was my humanities professor. And Professor McNair had this wonderful way of explaining how we observe uh, in a Christian faith, um, how we observe um, Jesus. He said that for whatever reason, we observe Jesus like he's somewhere between Yoda and the Terminator. Now, that is not to mock the son of the living God. That's not what that is. But really, when we think about it, we think about um, our spiritual world like it's a metaphysical, uh, almost fantastical other thing. And literally, this is no different from the firmament to the shale to our land. Our understanding is not that far off. We're just not giving it its full space. A lot of times when we are thinking about loss and loss is nothing um, to to make fun of. And anyone that has lost anyone and is present virus or any viruses that have been, whether it be AIDS or or anything, uh, and not just the loss of life from a virus or a cancer, but any loss of life that wasn't something that we could say is something that would be acceptable, like, you know, someone being shot, for example, or someone losing their life in an accident. Um, any, any loss of life is unfortunate. But sometimes we will try to quantify in our human standard model that we don't give credence for some of the other forces until we want those forces to act. Sometimes in loss, we are stuck trying to figure out why would um, a God uh, or why would God that we understand the Lord God, uh, Jehovah, um, Yahweh or what or however, if you're Jewish uh, or, or so, uh, or if you're a Jehovah witness, uh, but uh, or if you read your word and you and you accept uh, God as your um, righteousness and your peace and your provider, uh, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Sikhanu, and Jehovah, you know, Rafa, all like, uh, and Jehovah Nisi. Like, these are our ways to fundamentally quantify what we are seeing, and we cannot continue to relegate that just to some dogmatic principle because it's something to say that God is in control of all of this. It's like we were both give it its space, but then when it doesn't turn out to be what we want it, we question that. But you can't have it both ways. And that is something that we always talk about in the show. If you are a person that ascribes yourself to a natural world and you don't have that regard, whether you're an atheist or whatever, that is more than your prerogative. You are welcome to appreciate and believe what you will. That is your freedom of choice. But we can't both have an, a natural understanding. And then when things happen naturally to us, that we don't, that we aren't, res that, that we aren't reserved in that. Someone that doesn't believe in a living God 
when they lose their loved one will point out to this being the reason why there's not a living God. And that is not how our universe works. We don't say, oh, gravity doesn't exist because I'm, I'm not pulled out of space by a black hole. And even though that may be a, a, an absurdity, that is essentially the thought that just because this thing here does not readily quantify that, uh, like in the Monty Python movies, right? The hand of God just comes down and starts doing things. And that, that's like, you can't have it both ways. You cannot want to have a quantifiable world that you can appreciate and know and do all these things. And that when that natural world is given to you, now that there's a problem with the natural world, now you want to bring some other observers that you had not even ascribed yourself to, to, to describe away what is going on with us. And that is where, uh, when it comes down to a personal responsibility in, in, in a, uh, and we're getting back to our uh, fundamental standard model, our forces, our governance, our belief structures, our social con all those things are our lives. And so you will have something where in a criminal justice system, at one hand, you will have an observance that um, by faith that we that we should um, want people to be in the best possible position. But then our natural human understanding uh, tells us that not everybody gets extended the same courtesy. OK, when we all when we're all attending our attending our, our, our religious uh, our services. That is not what we are learning from anything fundamentally that we've known. And, the, and you, once again, you can't have it both ways. You can't say that something is, 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 is a fairy tale and a story, but you want that fairy tale and story to come and save you and come and help you. That's not the way that this is. And even those of us that do ascribe ourselves to faith, when we're looking at things that happen, we are comforted in knowing that in the end, we are going to go and join with our creator, with our Lord. Sometimes, though, in these natural observances where, once again, we all know that there is a perfect end to this. And even if you ascribe yourself to science, we all know that there will be a perfect end to this universe that will end one day. It may not be tomorrow. It may be. Apparently, uh, uh, losing atomic cohesion is a thing. But I would be willing to wager that that's not going to happen in any foreseeable future that you and I will even want to even know about. Now, with that being said. In our present time, we are faced with all sorts of doctoring of fear. And that is not to say that there is not a aggressive contagion. Our show will never persist that things are just folly. What our what we the strength that we hope that that and that we hope that it finds our listeners well where they are. What we're saying is that we have been blessed in this virus, that many of the concerns that we've had when it's come down to safety of our children, um, how we may feed our families, our interactions with our world. This is a blessing that there has been no school shootings. And then you'll say, well, of course, there have been school shootings. The kids aren't in school. We were having a, 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 a horrible school shooting like it, it just started getting out of hand. 
And at once, that is no longer... I don't know. I want. I don't know what the number of people it is that may have even had had a prayer, you know, in in in, in their own secret place at night, praying for the safety of their ch- children, praying that when they send their kids to school, that it's not going to be the last day that they see them, or praying that when their kids are, are at school and then returning home, that they can get home safely. Our children are right there with us. Now I know there may be some households that are struggling. All of us are struggling. You know. If something tells you that every tongue shall knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, and then there is something that comes and literally from high to low, and this is not to 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 do an aha moment because that is not what we talk about life on this show. We do not talk about death in that um, sort of finality, because even in this present virus. We have been given an opportunity. It's almost like we've had a reset of sorts. We were completely things were happening. And now that can't happen no more from high to low. When you look at the people who are affected by this um, and this is not to boast, but we should be thankful. We all have conversations at our kitchen tables, at our couches with our family members, with our loved ones, at the bar with our friends. We have conversations saying we don't trust our government. We don't like them taking control of our lives. Wish something would happen to where maybe they would start seeing stuff. And do you know there's a whole virus that came called COVID-19? I'm sorry, coronavirus that causes COVID-19 that have not affected, you know, even though the, the numbers and things. But when you take a look at the people that are affected by this, we have in the halls of power, people that once operated with nearly absolute impunity unto themselves are now faced with the same relegated to the same fate that the person in the, in the lowliest ghetto in this United States is having to be subjected to. And it's not just this country. I believe that Boris Johnson, a prime minister of the United Kingdom, a powerful man, had succumbed. I shouldn't say succumbed, but had this coronavirus and was on his deathbed. But there are people who have never seen that height of power or anything that have not caught this virus. Amen. That they may have caught it, but they have not succumbed to it yet or have presented any symptoms yet. We do have things that are absolute killers. We do. We try our best to to fight against that. But this is not one of them. But we have been given an opportunity of some respite in this, in that many of the things that we have all talked about, all thought about in our minds, all vocalized at some point, those things are no longer that same way. And we should not seek to enter back into a world that was not functional for us. I keep hearing about a new normal. I don't want the new normal that you're going to put on me. Okay. I don't want you telling me um, here in Racine, in Racine, Wisconsin, where we um, tape our show or we broadcast our show, I should say, there was an announcement uh, made that the lockdown um, should end due to the 
constitutionality of the uh, of the decree. So we said that we can't do an extension arbitrarily. We can't do that. And then on the back end of that, um, we had a statement or a directive come out from a from this local municipality. That was a state ruling that the extension of the lockdown or what have you was unconstitutional. And then a municipality, a city level government said that they're going to implement measures like juvenile curfews and things. But this is not in response. Okay, and we just want to make this clear. This is not in response to a life and limb and security issue as much as it is. You have people that have been wanting you to do what they want to tell you to do for forever. And that this just easily because what these people are saying. And once again, we have to understand and be mindful that out of our four fundamental forces, that government governance is made up of us. That's not it's not made up of superheroes. Right. We don't have the Justice League that are these representations. We don't have the X-Men. OK, that are in governance. We have every bit of our selves in that thing. OK. And when you have something like that. You're going to have things that how we say uh, by the people, for the people, of the people. That is very much what we are, what, what we have here. We have people that for the longest time, whether it been through benefits packages, whether it be through policies, have assumed a role of caretaker when no one had asked for that. When it talk, when you when we talk about communities of color and we talk about things that we should not want to enter into our lexicon, we should not want to hear the term white ally. She just want to hear ally. She just want to hear countrymen. What we know a white ally to be is someone who's pretentious enough to believe that somebody couldn't fight for their own rights or that they couldn't represent themselves that because that they have they have a certain demographic that they should that is the most horrible piece of 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 language next to um working poor like like these things that don't make sense in a functional from for a functional populace from a government that's made of the people or made from the people the people that go into them are made are from us Donald Trump is not, he's not, the president is not a, an oddity. The president is, is like many members of our family, unapologetic, little bit bigoted, and very bullheaded, okay? Those things have been successful for him as a business mind. None of that mattered when he was making people money, but now that he's still making people money, some of the people whose power was interrupted by that, those are the people that we are seeing here now. This is not to extol the virtues of any of any uh, president. This is just to conceptualize that there are people just like in the we had we have a, a whole Game of Thrones uh, show, right, where different people, these different rulers had these different personalities. Some were well revered and loved and and even on the in that same token, their fallacy and some of the uh, things that were inside of them, uh, you know, or, or their their personalities weren't workable. 
for the greater majority uh, of, of other people. So they were targeting these things. And that's the same thing that we observe in our in our natural lives. Right. I had a uh, comment today on my Facebook that um, uh, that spoke uh, to the point that um, that it's interesting to see liberals go on an attack and their slander uh, because that really doesn't come until there is something that, that, that doesn't fit into their narrative. So for example, some of the activist organizations that we know of, right? Uh, like uh, some of Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter or NAACPs or what have you, ACLUs, any of the alphabet organizations, right? Um, they are all there to do whatever sort of assigned uh, uh, or, or whatever their assignment or whatever their mission statement is. They all try to do that. Okay. But when it comes down to the application of that mission in many instances, there's a lot of people left lacking because they don't readily fit into um into where someone or where to a, where a program scope is. For example, in Racine, there are, there are organizations that are to target poverty and to rectify that situation. Yet when we go into the mission and the fulfillment of that, we find that services aren't being delivered. There is a promise that is not being extended. There is equity in an investment of confidence and investment of human capital, the employees of an organization who go in to do the mission and to do the work, their equity is to help people. And when that doesn't happen, that's not because there wasn't a populace to serve. That is because whatever in the fulfillment of these benefits, in the fulfillment of this mission, they are looking at people and saying, not for you. To put it to you plainly, we have a, and, and this is not to just harp on about the virus, it is going to take up a, a sizable portion of things that we'll discuss at least in these next few weeks, but we just are using it to paint the, uh, to paint the picture for our listenership once again, um, that uh, in Wisconsin, and I don't know if this is just relegated to Wisconsin, I have not seen any press anywhere else, but this virus has struck Everyone, whether they are rich, poor, young, old, what have you. But yet, COVID-19 testing is free for African Americans and Latinos only. To which some people will say, well, those are the, the groups that are being affected the most by this. The word of our living Lord says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. It did not relegate that to societal standing and it did not say that um, that a promise of life is only extended to some people it is extended to all who will even who will accept it but we talk about a free and clear healthcare system that doesn't support anything that we the the the, the vaunted measures that we all talk about we could have the best funded healthcare system that would still tell you that your condition is because of your race not because you're a human person that was exposed to a contagion not that you may have been uh, there is a uh, i remember um 
like sarcoids. Okay, Bernie Mac had sarcoidosis. Sarcoidosis is a scarring of your lung. When you go to a doctor, sometimes you'll hear doctors say that African-Americans are more prone to something. And that is not based on anything in reality. That is based on someone's observance of their medical um, uh, understanding, because we know that it has nothing to do. Sickle cell has nothing to do with being black. Sickle cell has everything to do where you were from, where you live. But we are told things are more susceptible to one over the other. But that can't be the case if we all can get a cancer, if we all can get a COVID. If it kills a white man, a black man and a a Mexican man, is it still not COVID? Was it would there still be testing that should have been made available to as many as who could accept it? Because that is what these powers when we talk about powers and principalities and especially from faith we are not just talking about some dogmatic principle or some other metaphysical uh, ghostbusters entity we are talking about the very fundamental forces of what we talk about as being a human person on this human planet going through human thing because we are not we are a living soul We are not simply just flesh and blood. That is why we strive so hard against this natural world with another understanding that it's like how some people say in this whole political world that this is not important because God is in control. That is a great way to think. That is that is that is that is your way of thinking. And that is pretty much that's the way that this thing is. Right. We are stewards. It's not about dominion. You hear a lot of people talk about dominion. We are stewards. This is not this is not our creation. We are not going to own this. Okay, that don't happen that way. Your partial land is your piece of what is being given to you as a uh, as your measure on this planet. You don't have dominion on that because it's not yours. A, A Native American person will tell you that, that they don't understand European thought because you don't own anything. How can you own the land? You die. You return to it. You can't own it. But these are concepts that we have in our understanding because this is our natural fundamental world. Are not two sparrows worth more than a worth a farthing? That we've had money. We've had concepts of what worth is or what it takes to purchase items. But these are our constructs, not anything that is fundamental to actually living a life because we know that there are people who don't own property, right? Who don't have a parcel of land that has a deed attached to it to where they say that they are landowners or property owners, right? But those same people that are not property owners are still able to enjoy and join into the same promise of equity that the property owner is extended to. And that has not always been the case in our human understanding of governance, but that has been the way of this world that has been. If you were a human 10,000 years ago, you'll be a human tomorrow. That has been the way that we have lived. We are not dogs. We're not cats, birds, or any beasts of the field. We are made different. That is why when we talk about cognition and things, we are so fundamentally different from anything else here. But apparently we only share a little bit of percentage difference in that. How remarkable is that? That the difference between you, a dolphin and a piece of concrete is so very little. One percent. Think of your total makeup is different. Chemically, we're all made of carbon and things, carbon, silicon, other inert, uh, uh, other inert elements. Um, 
That's what we're made up of. We are made up of the same thing that our that a tree is made of, just in different atomic arrangements. How beautiful is that? When we are taught in our faith that everything was made from the same hand and the same creator from the same creation. Maybe sometimes if we just turn on our minds to what we are saying and seeing, then we'd be able to live a far more productive life on this terrestrial earth. And perhaps our interactions with one another will really be something of, of quality. But that may be asking a bit much of something that when we are taught that Cain kill Abel is not just that act. Everything that came after that, we can feel that. When there is a loss of life, an innocent loss of life, it is as though if the ground is crying out from justice where that person met their untimely end, that is not something that's just relegated to what we observe as the first murder. That is out. That is man, if 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 someone loses their life, whether it be uh, you know uh, to 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 a natural, unnatural, or mostly to an unnatural thing, i.e., if someone is killed by gunfire, and they their life had nothing to do with the incident. They weren't they weren't a game banger. They weren't. Um, they weren't trying to hurt someone. They were maybe just an innocent bystander. And then when we take a look at the fulfillment of justice, that is something that is very true. That came from the first murder to where it is now. And that's not something relegated to dogma. And that is in a functional populace with a functional governance. When we talk about a new normal, I don't want to go to anything that looked like and neither of us should want to go to something that was that had great inequity and ineptitude and indifference because before we got to here the world that we lived in or the world I shouldn't say the world that we lived in because we're still here right we're just in a different uh, time the same way that we have at any time in human time and these are going to keep being this way until we <laughs> until we put on uh, incorruptible flat incorruptible um, spirit body man like as long as we're here human terrestrially, we'll always be uh, we will always have our forces that we are trying to quantify and make make sense in our world. But it's not until uh, just like in our physical, our physical universe uh, that we observe the weak nuclear force, the strong nuclear force, electromagnetism and gravity, the same way that we can put together a hypothesis and test it and see if what our understanding to see if that understanding is true. We must apply that going forward in our functional governance. Our new standard model cannot uh, have the same theories and hypotheses that made our old one. OK, um, we understand now at this point we've had slavery, we've had Jim Crow, we've had the 60s, we've had. We've, we've had social unrest. We've had economic unrest. How much more is it that you need to see? How much more is it that we all need to see and operate in before we seek and strive for life? In our political discourse, we always talk about taking the lesser of two evils. That is not something that we should accept the same way that we should not accept working poor. 
We cannot continue to accept these things that people that are seeking to have their own power the same way that they always have been seeking to do their own thing that is contrary to what is to, to how things are supposed to operate. Once again, we have a criminal justice system that is based off of a fundamental sense that everybody deserves a second chance. But yet when we apply that justice, that's missing from the equation. It's, it's almost as though if you're doing an algebra problem, you're trying to figure out a variable without actually having a functional problem. You just have numbers up there. Those numbers don't make it an equation. It's the things that you put into there, whether they be a, uh, you know, a, a, a subtraction, an addition, a division, a multiplication symbol, what have you. Like that's what makes it an equation with an equal sign. Okay. So that's what we must seek going forward. We have to make our societal equation make sense because for many people it doesn't. You at once have someone who is an architect of a policy piece that for so many did not extend the equity that we know in faith and we know just by living in this country that not everybody got a second chance in that much maligned 94 crime bill to which one of the architects now is unapologetically seeking your vote to be your nation, our nation's next president. That's at least that's what he hopes for. But that's what we're saying, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the show. From Biden to Trump to you and I that may not occupy those halls of power, those people only got there because we allowed it. For those that would be impacted by Joe Biden becoming president and then not having to apologize for what he did. This isn't, you know, like I said, this is that we do not extol the virtues or we don't extol one political personality over the other because we don't believe in that. They are all, you know, they all, we all, we all have our own uh, issues and what dictates a great leader may not dictate a great leader to somebody else. There's people who love John F. Kennedy. There's people who don't like John F. Kennedy. There's people who love Martin Luther King. There's people who don't like Martin Luther King. So, man, Jesus was a whole person on the face of this planet. And miracles happening, ministering to the multitudes. People are seeing this operation, and yet they still deny Jesus um, the, 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 the space and respect and honor that he deserved while he was walking on this earth with us, terrestrially, that is. And that even in Jesus' interactions with people, he never... Um, had anything, any space for anybody of high authority, not that he didn't care, but Jesus was moved by everyday people's actions toward him. Uh, there was an instance where uh, we are told that uh, that when Jesus, well, there, there was, there was a, 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 Roman, a Roman centurion, Roman soldiers who showed Jesus more space of reverence and, and, and not worship, but, uh, that he even mentioned that there, there is none like these faithful and all, uh, and all of it, like, like all of Israel, because these people who weren't even part of it were able to see him for who he was. 
And the very people that he was sent here to minister to did not give him that same space. There was a woman who threw a crowd seeking just to touch the hem of his garment. And Jesus, he's around all these people, man. And this woman reaches out and just barely touches the hem of his garment and he felt birth power leave from him. And this world still put him up there on that cross, even though that is what was supposed to happen, but, uh, or he was already the perfect sacrifice, but um, it's just unfortunate that such a person as that, when we look at people who, who should be very pleasing or otherwise people should um, accept them, People didn't even accept Jesus. So those of us that are in our everyday lives and wondering why we may not have found a love or why we have not found a functional uh, reciprocal government or why we haven't received any equity or respite from things, man, the best example that we have did not get that. So we have to know that unless we take stock of everything and that we uh put our minds at a different place. We are not going to get anything different. We're just going to continue to have Joe Biden's. We're only going to continue to have Donald Trump's if we don't demand different, if we don't put different there. And when I say put, not that, not that the Lord hasn't, or that there aren't people that have been raised up or otherwise presented to us for us to do these things because judges in those things not the natural judges that we know in our criminal justice system, but judges in a in a in a salvation history sense um, were all appointed. But the people that they were were all different, but they were brought out from the people. Samson, not the same as Gideon, um, but they all had the same space and not the same as Samuel. So you have different people, but the thing that's in them is what we are to support. The movement, even David supported Saul when even after Saul uh, was vexed, a little bit mentally ill, vexed in his vexed in his mind and said an evil spirit of, from the Lord would come over Saul and David would play his music and soothe that. That is that was a treatment. Even back then, we had an understanding that someone's mental space, that they may not have done that to themselves but there is a treatment that needs to go forth. So we have been given treatment and we've been given these things in the most harmless format to be presented to us, yet it's like we don't operate in that. And that is what we have to change. We thank everyone for listening to the show here today. If you've listened to the show, uh, our show is on Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the best way to make a podcast these days. It's free. Uh, they have tools in the app where you can seamlessly edit your show and it gives you all the complete control. And if you want to learn more about Anchor, please go to your app store, whether it's Apple or Android, download the Anchor app or visit Anchor on anchor.fm on your desktop computers. But we thank you all for listening. God bless you. God keep you. Please be safe. And just know that we will come out of this strong.